Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick. Everyone, Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 293 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And this episode is sponsored by Taylor Nixon. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. Thanks, Taylor. Taylor, I hope I said your last name right because I had a lot of problems. We had many uh, variations. (laughs) But I hope I did. And I hope that you know this is you because this one's for you. Okay. Today, we will be discussing theories about everyone's favorite furry professor, Professor Remus John Lupin. Hey! Woo-woo! Hi, Basically, alert. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I was doing chess, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Basically, uh, this is Katie's episode. Um, <laughs> Katie gets multiples. Uh, so make sure that you've read all of those uh, Harry Potter books there and you've listened to our episodes if you want. I guess it's not necessary for this one. But uh, you should probably know who Remus is. Oh, Remus! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Before we begin... Weekly profit information about fun stuff this summer. Yeah, so I'm I honestly can't remember if we've talked about this yet on the pod, but Wizardly Weekend is coming back to Kent, Ohio. We have done this um every Lots. year we've been able to, minus the pandemic, unfortunately. And mm. this is just a super fun, like hometowny type thing that we really enjoy doing. We are again going to be doing a live podcast at, uh, so we're going to be doing our live podcast on the 29th on Saturday. Um, Katie and I are more than likely going to be at the bar crawl on Friday night. Um, and I might be walking the 5k. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll push Katie in the fire. If I'm not able to walk on my own by the end of July, oh, that's true. Okay. I'm going to be real mad. <laughs> that's true. Maybe me and you will walk it together. Okay. There you go. <laughs> that um, sounds great. And then again, we'll be there all day on Saturday. We're going to have a booth with our merch and we'll be there to hang out and we'll have our live show. And we're also going to be doing a costume contest. Um, it is such a fun time. And mm. if anybody can come i encourage you to because it really is just super fun it's small town vibes i love acorn alley they've got Mm -hmm. lots of cool Mm -hmm. shops lots of good local food um it's really 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 fun it's super fun and it's in kent ohio in downtown kent ohio it's not big if you go to downtown kent you'll find it (laughs) yeah (laughs) quite small yeah, but it's so much fun. Um, and also, we 
plan to have news and updates on LeakyCon um, as soon as possible. Hopefully by the next time we record, we'll be able to um, give you details on LeakyCon. We are definitely hosting a Sarah J. Moss meetup at LeakyCon, and I'm so excited for that because they have expanded the fandoms. Um, so we're going to be doing an SJM meetup at LeakyCon. Um, all of that information is TBD, day, time, etc. But yeah, we hope to see you guys at LeakyCon in Chicago. And that is the weekend after Wizardly Weekend. So it's August 4th, 5th, 6th. Yep. Yes. It'll be a crazy in time. Chicago. I can't wait to eat food in Chicago. Like literally, that's my number one excitement. That's the only reason why Marty wants to go. <laughs> I think Chicago is a good town to come to if you like food. Yeah, true. Definitely. He saw this TikTok and then he was like, when are, uh, when are you going? <laughs> I was like, do you want to come with? So I think he's going to come too. All right. Uh, so that is Weekly Profit. And make sure that you follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends, because if you like us, then they may too. subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok at Swish Flickcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flickcast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives you access to our exclusive Felix Files episodes, our Discord channel, live recordings, trivia games, Swish Swag Boxes, and more. There is trivia this month as well. I'm super excited about it. And um, mm -hmm. I believe that we are wrapping up potentially Tom's book this month with our Felix Files as I well. So, so this too. is an exciting month yes. for Patreon. I'm excited. Yep. Um. As always, we are accepting Potter stories. So if you want to send those or just any fun things, questions, or concerns, you can send those to our email, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. It's pronounced gamail. Gamail. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you see what I did? I did. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good laugh when I did that. All by myself in my classroom. Beautiful. I changed the recap section to recap. And then I changed the summary section to shrubbery. <laughs> shrubbery. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Perfect. Oh, man. So, by the way, speaking of a shrubbery, um, there is a TikTok that I sent in our friend group. And for those of you out there who know what I'm talking about, um, there is a audio matchup of the Holy Hand Grenade with the coronation from earlier this week. And it's oh my quite God. funny. Oh my the Holy Hand Grenade. There have Kay. been quite a few good very Meme, good memeable yeah, things they just have to hold he, he has to hold like 40 million things it looks silly anywho Catherine, it's time <laughs> oh <woo>! we cap <laughs> beautiful thank you uh last time we talked about moody and the invisibility cloak how does that make sense? No. Why can he see through it? Isn't I it supposed to be impenetrable? Her. Yeah. Truly, after we have mind. talked about it, I think we've come up with some pretty good 
thoughts and feelings and explanations, and I'm much calmer about it than when I went into it. So new head is accepted. <laughs> yeah. So go Ooh. listen. It was really fun. It was really mm-hmm. fun to talk about. It was. It was a good episode. Um, and today, as Tiffany already said, we are talking about some of our um, more outlandish and some maybe favorite theories regarding our favorite werewolf remus a furry friend a A furry furry friend furry little problem (laughs) (laughs) as they referred to it um okay right out the gate let's make everyone feel sad okay okay let's do it (laughs) most of these are kind of sad (laughs) remus lupin and happiness don't hold hands often they Uh, hold hands for about a blink of an eye (laughs) then it's gone it's quite bad um so this theory i found on reddit it was actually posted to a bunch of other websites so it could be um elsewhere but this was a, a, a reddit post that um in prisoner of azkaban right it was odd for them to see lupin on the train right we don't really see professors on the train some may argue that you know he's been out of work for obviously a very long time doesn't have a whole lot of money this was his way to get there um however I don't Didn't remember just, who like, this was. I have to... Into Hogsmeade? Possible. <laughs> I don't know. Don't this... those kids walk from Hogsmeade to the castle and back all the time? Right? <laughs> yeah. Katie K said he did it for the plot. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or the nostalgia. The um, but this Reddit user says that Lupin chose that specific compartment on the Hogwarts Express. Because it was the same one that he met and sat with James and Sirius in. Why don't you just take my heart out in your hand, throw it on the ground, and stamp on it? I basically just did verbally. Yeah, you did. You did. (laughs) I actually really enjoy that theory because it's sentimental. And I feel like he is that type of dude. Um. I don't know. I just kind of like it. I I like it, but it's sad. I like it, too, because, you know, as we're discussing, like, why didn't he just apparate or whatever? Mm -hmm. Maybe I could see, you know, Remus being Remus. He was lucky enough to get to go to Hogwarts, right? He was lucky enough to get a magical Mm -hmm. education, which he did not think was possible due to his him being a werewolf. So maybe Mm -hmm. like when he left, he might have been thinking like, well, that's it. Like, that was my chance. I'm probably never going to go back. So, like, getting to go back, maybe he wanted to do the full nostalgic ride the train in again. He seems like a a very nostalgic person. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the adults in this series Mm -hmm. seem incredibly nostalgic. And it's definitely something I would have done. And I'm very nostalgic. I mean, I go on the same vacation over and over because it reminds me of my childhood. So, you know. Right. I get it. And I and I think that that is just a that's definitely an easy thing for him to do to bring himself some happiness when mm-hmm. he's not really probably feeling that great. 
He's I probably also, very excited right now because he's going to teach at Hogwarts. But like this, he he probably has had a lot of sadness leading up to this moment. To kind of counter what you're saying, sometimes I like wonder, like, do you think you know how you want to like put yourself in the sads to have like a good cry? Yeah. I wonder if that could also be something that he does. Ooh. He also comes across to me as a super emotional person, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I just feel like he thinks so very little of himself and the Mm -hmm. fact that um, he doesn't deserve happiness, not worthy of it. Um, I wonder if he kind of like puts himself into those states from time to time. Yeah. Rebecca. I'm sorry. No, that's all I could see that. Rebecca Buckeye said, isn't there something about how this is like right after the full moon? Yeah. It's either right after or right mm-hmm. before. I think it's right after. So no, maybe he it is right. Rest. It's like the day after. Maybe in it's really 1993. Hard yeah. To maybe it's yeah. really hard for him to summon enough, you know, magic or energy That's to apparate. Valid. So he had to take the train. I that don't like that, really but I like makes that. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if he snooze to the whole thing. Poor guy. He wants to do it for sentimental reasons, and he's like, (laughs) the whole ride. Or here's a sad tweet. Maybe he finally felt safe and comfortable enough to have a good rest. Mm, I don't know. I wonder, like, where he was living. I don't know. I always, I don't know why, but I always envision, like, back alleys of wizarding communities. I don't know why. Or, I mean... But truly, where he does he? Where did? Where's his parents' home? Maybe. True. Yeah. Poor Remus. Wow. Already, already a downer here. Sorry, I just <laughs> want to start off with a bang. <laughs> well, we can go to the next one that is dumb. Just kidding. <laughs> I I can't stand this one. Oh, I can't. This is the worst. (laughs) It was the first time I had ever heard of it the other day when I was researching this, and I was like, what in the actual This theory is quite literally my worst nightmare. (laughs) I can't read worst nightmare. (laughs) I, I, I can't read this whole thing to you. But we can I don't know. Posted or something. Um, this theory uh, is on Tumblr from Harry Potter fan theories. The user Remus Lupin is actually James Potter in disguise. Bob, um, vomit in the corner. Apparently, there was a MuggleNet article that was this. So I don't think this is an original idea by that user. Um, I think it was somebody else on MuggleNet, but. They're saying that James Potter could be alive in Lupin's body. I hate this. Um, (laughs) Here are the clues that the author leaves for us. The author mentions in several interviews that Lupin is her favorite character and that Lupin made book three so important to write. Unlike everyone else, Lupin never stared at Harry's scar or mentioned his eyes uh, eyes or resemblance to his father. Lupin addressed Harry by name as if he was already very familiar with him. Um, I don't know. Throughout the series, Harry is inundated with clues that he might be the heir of Gryffindor. 
And if he is, that probably means that James was before him, which would explain the red sparks. I don't know what. Here's the thing. A lot of this is basically like <laughs> Lupin cares about Harry so much. Literally. It can't possibly be Remus. Right. It has to be James. <laughs> I literally said that. I was like, I don't care for this theory. I feel like all of those things could be something that a friend of the family would do and love for just your friend's kid. Right. In that article, too, it was like, why why did he seem so disturbed by Harry saying that he heard Lily's voice? Because Harry told him that he heard his dead friend's voice and he misses them and it's a traumatic event in his life. And not even like just her voice, but like her very last words. Like that's jarring. Right. Right. Incredibly. Like, yeah. Like why, that's not something. Why would, yeah. That's probably something that he has tried very hard not to think of or has been haunted by or something. You know what I mean? So like to hear them from your late friend's son that's horrible yeah i'm gonna look disturbed Mm. or troubled or whatever i don't know every time i was reading that article and i was like nah 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 nah." (laughs) everything it brought up i was like i have an explanation for this and this yeah it's just weird but uh kudos for trying i guess yeah maybe they're a big james potter fan (laughs) i just made the best face (laughs) uh also at the end of that article they mentioned like how they would have done a switching spell before pedigree ratted them out (laughs) ratted them out oh my god (laughs) um and i was like why would they ever do that james would never like leave lily without him in hiding what would be the point of the switch yeah it just seems incredibly far-fetched no it doesn't yeah. make sense to me agreed sorry tumblr person or muggle nut person no thanks nice i'm try, sorry but... at the end there um your child was not being good are we surprised mm-hmm. no not at all let's talk about another one because this one's cool and this one's uh film-based okay. so um from ranker ranker Somebody named Damon Davis says in Prisoner of Azkaban film, we see inside Lupin's office when Harry was learning the Patronus during the first battle against the Bogger or Dementor. Bogger Dementor, you know what I mean? Not a real Dementor. We get a close up on one of the candles. The top vertebrae is marked with eight and the numbers continue down the candle. This is very specific detail to incorporate into the film and required more investigation. I counted the remaining vertebrae beginning with eight and determined that the full candle, there were 21. I checked the other candles in the shots and there were also 21. After the bogger is returned to the trunk, we see Lupin immediately reignite the candles, even though it's perfectly lit in the office without need of further light. This gives two possibilities. First, Lupin really likes those candles. Okay. They're kind of creepy and cool looking, but that isn't really worth screen time. Second, they are burning (laughs) constantly and marking the time of passage. This, I believe, is more likely. Lupin is marking the time of passage um, through the cycle of the moon. 
After the full moon is complete, Lupin lights a new candle, which burns through days 1 to 21 of the cycle. On day 22, he begins taking his wolfsbane potion to allow it to be in effect when the full moon begins. Assuming that there is a period of time that the full that the moon has an effect, supported by Tonks in one of the later movies, the first night is always the worst. Days 23 through 28, he sleeps from the effects of the potion and after, full the moon, after the full moon is complete, begins a new set of candles. Basically, Lupin's candles were pillboxes for forgetful werewolves. <laughs> I thought that that was kind of cool. No, I know I like that that's this one. film based. Yeah, but I think that that's pretty sweet attention to detail. And we know that stuff on set um, is not just there because like designers have reasons behind what they're doing, mm-hmm. and everything is incredibly detailed in these movies. But I thought that that was really cool. I think about like some of the details that we learned from like Mina Lima to, down to the fact that like, yeah, they fully created this comic that just sat in the Gryffindor common room. Like, yeah, yeah. nothing is just there. It's because. like it's all thought about. Everything that yeah. it could be in the shot is thought about. I love this, though, because it's just like, I mean, I'll take any, you know, grain of salt information nugget about remus and hold it dear to my heart but i think this is really cool if there's a way Mm -hmm. for him to track i don't know i just i think it's really creative whether it was meant in the movie or not or how this person decided to figure this out i I like it a lot can we get candles to track our period yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there it's probably like are literally for real <laughs> why not oh, oh my gosh somebody invent Jinx, that you owe me a coke <laughs> and then you could like take it who and like you. We me said the same. yeah we said the same thing at the same time tiffany's offended at the same time mm-hmm. I am you could like I've take been that jinxed candle so much i can't even breathe right Okay, because Alana is constantly jinxing me. Uh, Anyways, what during the actual cycle week, it would be your favorite scent. So you could like take a nice warm bath and like light a candle and be all relaxy. I love that. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. I love that for me. I love love that that journey. Um, Meg, did you hear? I really love to cry at this last one. Did you go. hear the part no, about go. Lupin's candles were basically pillboxes for forgetful werewolves? Yeah, I love Hilarious. that. Okay. Sorry, again, I was taking care of my child. <laughs> I know. He's Thank now you. been force-napped. Force-nap? Yeah. Force-nap. Yeah. Yep. Like force-quit on your computer? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a hard restart on the dog. A hard restart. It is a hard restart. <laughs> I just looked at him and I was like, come on, dude. Really? Well, he's, he's in his playpen going, brah, brah, brah. What I don't know what enough. You're doing. I'm done. <laughs> Foolish. Okay, yeah. This next one, um, really I love it. Sad, but yeah, oh. it's really good. It's mm-hmm. really good. It's really good. I found this, this from... one and I was like, Katie, is this one in the oh. doc? Can you look? And that I was happy to see that it was. You knew I was gonna put her in there. <laughs> and it has to do with seven. Mark your bingo cards. This is from uh, Emma Lord, and it's a bustle.com article. Quote, so in Harry's final face-off with Voldemort, the Resurrection Stone, a.k.a. one of the three Deathly Hallows, ignites and brings back the images 
of not just Lily and James, but also um, Sirius and the extremely recently deceased Lupin. Pause for feels. <gasps> As Harry describes them, his parents are dressed and look the exact same way that they did the day that they died. As prisoner, Sirius points out, this seems to imply that the resurrection stone brings a person back to the way that they were just before their deaths, which is what makes Harry's next observation truly heartbreaking. Quote, Sirius was tall and handsome and younger by far than Harry had ever seen him in life. Ugh. What is it I'm saying? He lopped with an easy grace, his hands in his pockets and a grin on his face. Lupin was younger too and much less shabby and his hair was thicker and darker. He looked happy to be back in this familiar place scene of so many adolescent wanderings. So although this person goes on to say, although this wasn't portrayed as effectively in the movies, none of the characters looked like their 21 year old selves. Um, which is the exact age that James and Lily died and the age that the author seems to indicate that Harry is seeing Lupin and Sirius as well. So they're all supposed to look 21. However, Sirius and Lupin did not pass when they were that young. This is me saying that. So then this person goes yeah. on to say, it doesn't make the implications of this any less heartbreaking it seems that in resurrecting these characters from the moment they died, the author is saying that in a way Sirius and Lupin had both been dead for much longer in, than their actual deaths. That version of themselves, they were meant to meant to be, I assume they meant died or dead on yeah. the same night their best friends were murdered. AKA what I'm thinking that they're trying to say at the end there that they didn't really word very well is that Lupin and Sirius died the day that James and Lily died. They were that closely knit and connected yeah. um, that a part of them also died, which is why they show up looking like their younger selves rather than who they were and what they looked like on their actual death dates. Yeah. That's so gonna go sad, but like <laughs> truly, truly fits. Like yeah, it really does. Uh, that is just so heartbreaking. And you know, go ahead, finish your thought. I, no, I, I was just going to say, and just, I mean, goes to show how close they were and how much they each meant to each other. Yeah. My immediate thought is to be like, man, especially Remus, because like he's just been through so much. But then like when you stop and think about it, like Sirius went through the same it went through as bad of a journey, just different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I so, don't yeah. know. Ugh. Um, I always assumed in my brain, you know, being Catholic and believing in an afterlife and and heaven and whatnot i always envisioned that when we pass when we come back in uh say we go to heaven or whatever their afterlife is i always envisioned you be like the best version of yourself whatever you were when you like were the best of you you know what i mean I like, like that. 
for example, my grandmother had diabetes and, you know, she didn't really, I don't know. She had a really rough time with it and she had to have her legs amputated, both of them from knee down. So I envision that right now she doesn't have her legs amputated, right? She's the best right. version of yourselves or even like, um, whatever ailments you have were healed because you're supposed to be perfectly perfect. Right. When you're right. in the afterlife. So that's what I always assumed. But when I had read that, like, Oh, they're younger, they're fitter, they're happier. Right. The, that's like their solid age and how they mm -hmm. felt. Um, so I don't know. That kind of goes along with that a little bit. If they feel like yeah. they're their best selves, then just yeah, happier times, you know. Part of them died that day. It's it's just sad. My theories aren't fun. Well, I, I have one more though. Out, <laughs> it's a Remus episode, so it's not going to be all rainbows and sunshine. Definitely a not. Rainbow, possibly. It's gonna it's gonna be full moons and big tears. <laughs> <laughs> um. This next one is interesting. Uh, it makes me feel a little bit better about the situation. Um, this is from a Reddit user, Schwitter. Schwitter. <laughs> Quote, Dumbledore told Snape to snitch on Remus Lupin at the end of Harry's third year. Knowing about the curse, it's the easiest way to ensure that Lupin would have to leave the post alive. That makes me feel a ton better about Snape telling everyone that he was a werewolf because yeah. that means that he doesn't have to die in that position uh, because the curse that's placed upon it. Um, I don't know. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I actually, I it feels very Dumbledore to I, pull those strings, right? I think that I've read that theory before and I kind of just like had accepted that as headcanon. Like, Oh, really? okay. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know when I read that, but I I I, think, I don't hate it. You think Dumbledore would spill that tea? It doesn't mean he's gonna die. He would just have to leave the post. Or was he afraid he would die? Maybe he was afraid about I mean look at what happens to people in that post. Look what happened to Lockhart. Yeah. Look what happened. Freaking Quirrell died. Dead dead. Dead. Oh, ain't getting any better. Harry just casually murdering people. Casualing, just just <laughs> straight up, just touch your face, crispy. It's fine. I'd <laughs> say I'd say it's either it's either that or Remus knew it was a one year gig, and then that makes Snape not kind again in that moment. Um. Marcus says that would make Dumbledore's attempt to convince him to stay in bad faith. And I don't see that of Dumbledore. I you don't see Dumbledore in bad faith, Marcus. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. What? I <laughs> just hold on. Hold the phone. Uh, Dumbledore would 100% be like, oh, oh my God. You should stay. <laughs> dirty work <laughs> yes but no this feels very dumbledore-esque of me you love my man we all know this but like he would totally be like on the one hand be like 
saying that he feels like he wants him to stay, which would be true because I'm sure he d- he's a great teacher. I want you to stay. And that in turn would be true. However, he knows that it's not possible. So he has to have his dirty work done. Why don't you make it possible, Dumbledore? Dumbledore raised Harry to die. You think that he wouldn't tell Snape to spill the beans on Remus being a werewolf? God, Megan, I mean, don't get me wrong. Good. Jeez. I like Dumbledore. But Do he you? does questionable <laughs> things. He's well, yeah. a questionable dude. You got to get he's, the job done. Just say he's gray. He's gray. gray. Plus rainbows. Yeah, he's great. He's great, and he's the calm after storm. Oh, I thought you were gonna say what I was gonna say. He's gray and gay. Gray. Oh yeah, gray and gay. Um, the gay and gray. I just thought about something. The post is no longer cursed, right? Because Tommy Boy's dead. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful. Harry could have taken that job. Too bad Remus couldn't have come back as the professor. You know, he had to be killed well, off. Well, you know, maybe he should have, like, Professor Bent's off page, too. No, he would have wanted to I go on. I think he would have been miserable friends. as a ghost. No, he agree. already felt like a ghost his whole entire life. <gasps> <gasps> Tiffany Ray. <laughs> Katie, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's true. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. All right. Um, So I pulled and and I know that we have talked about this on the pod a couple times, but just, you know, we're talking about Remus Lupin theories. I feel like this should be talked about the whole um, Remus Lupin being a werewolf is like this metaphor for the stigma of bloodborne illnesses um, like AIDS, HIV. Um, The author like sort of confirmed this but also i think no i think she confirmed it but she was basically saying hold on let me pull up this article because it talks about it in here it was kind of confusing because i was like wait i thought that that was i thought that was confirmed um i think she was basically just being like oh why are you guys talking to me about this again i already confirmed it um because you know people like to just randomly come up with Potter theories and um so basically like lycanthropy allowed her to examine the attitudes towards those with bloodborne diseases um and yeah it's definitely confirmed it's confirmed in that little um the little book that is like an ebook only you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah um I saw. So yeah, the was she says in I believe that this is in that book. The wizarding community is as prone to hysteria and prejudice as the Muggle one, and the character of Lupin gave me a chance to examine those attitudes. So yeah, I saw this thing online that also I had not seen this, and I it's literally what is it from? Psychology Today. Um, they said that his lycanthropy is an apt metaphor for bipolar disorder as well. They say both conditions involve cyclical episodes, triggers, and physical transformations involving both body and mind. And I thought that was very interesting because I had never heard that before. Yeah, that is interesting, too. Mm -hmm. It's cool that, like, even if the author didn't intend that, the fact that people can pull those things from 
the things that are written on the page is really awesome to just be like, hey, this is actually how I interpreted it. And like, it's okay that that wasn't necessarily like what it was meant to be. But the fact that it can connect in that way is, I think, what makes these books so special. I feel like we're always discovering like new things that we can pull from these, Mm -hmm. even with them being as old as they are. Um. So yeah, another, okay, this was a cool theory that I found about Dementors and Chocolate. This is from Reddit. Mm. I would love to give the person credit, but their name says Deleted. Um, Oh, thank you, Deleted. (laughs) Thank you, Deleted, yes. (laughs) So they say, I noticed, okay, all right, so I've begun reading the third book for the second time, and I noticed Remus Lupin is very familiar with Dementors, or rather the cure of chocolate. After all, even Madame Pumphrey gives Harry the chocolate after the train incident. I also recall Lupin being into chocolate, perhaps mildly obsessed. Do you think Lupin ran into Dementors more than the books say? Because he eats slash just has so much chocolate. Maybe that's why his Patronus isn't ever fully corporeal. Because he uses it so much. Maybe chocolate is also an antidote for werewolf stuff, like a cheap version of Wolfsbane. Has anyone ever thought these? I thought that that was just really cool. Like, I wonder if maybe... I wonder if he ever came across them like in the forest when he was transformed or something like that. And or, you know, they're also this is really interesting because we just talked about how lycanthropy can be this connection to bipolar. I know that like with bipolar, you have high highs and low lows and they're very it's like a drastic change. So like maybe the chocolate is supposed to be like it's supposed to help with like the come down from like the high, high to the low, low. And it's well, supposed just, to like yeah. help combat that. So he's just like used to it. Chocolate is supposed to have like endorphins, right? So it's supposed to like make you happy. So like help fight off the dementors. And I'm going to say this for the millionth time, Remus being Remus, he, I could see him being depressed and attracting that sort of like, like, do you attract dementors? that way especially if you're like out in the forest right yeah i don't know you know i mean i i know that in prisoner of azkaban obviously a lot of the dement like a lot of the dementors were brought to um hogwarts because of Sirius and whatnot but like who's to say who's to say that they're i mean if they can breed in times of despair I feel like there I feel like there could be times where like they just happen to like spawn in the forest and whatnot. And yeah, like they would be attracted to a certain type of personality. So like Right. And if you're feeling some kind of way because you just transformed. Especially again, like that come down. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting thought. I bet it's Mally's chocolate. Oh, it better be <laughs> for sure. <laughs> we have 100%. some little bunny chocolates upstairs, and I'm Ooh. so happy. <sighs> so good. Would like <laughs> Mally's hot fudge count? Mmm. Yes. Yeah. Chocolate. Why not? Yeah. Just give Why me not? like. <laughs> I was a werewolf, and I did. Well, actually. If I'm feeling some kind of way and I need to be brought up, give me a little one of those little shot glasses of hot fudge that they give you with your Sunday. Yeah. Knock that back. Boom. 
Oh, it's so good. For real, though, I need to amazing. go and sit down and have some ice cream and whatnot there. Can it's we all been go? a Can very long time. Yeah. I'll go anytime. Literally. Anytime. I could go for a hot fudge Sunday. Me too. Yeah. Bring Alana. Yeah. Yeah. She would love it. They make. Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it? How would it come in handy? Maybe you have an upcoming international trip. Maybe you want to connect with family and friends. Learn about a new culture. Want to understand certain pop culture things. Well, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. And guess what? It's available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 language, languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. These are just some of the examples of languages that you can learn. Fast language ac acquisition. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in so many ways. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. It's designed for long-term retention and it's got built-in true accent features to give you feedback on your pronunciation. It's kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also really convenient, and I'm really excited that there's an app. There's an app option, and you could also use it on your desktop. It's got an audio companion, and it's the ability to download lessons so you can do this offline. And it's at an amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and languages needed in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off. It's a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Swish and Flick listeners will get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. If you're a muggle like me, and you don't have Molly Weasley cooking for you every day, then you need to listen to this. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. Let me tell you guys, they are absolutely delicious. I have not met a factor meal yet that I didn't like. And my favorite is the jalapeno grilled chicken, cheddar cheese. Oh, it's so good. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for, guys? Two-minute meals, fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. 
They've got snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. Done the math for you. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Flexible for your schedule? Get as much or as little as you need by choosing from 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or you can reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, no cleanup, all of that. Head to factormeals.com slash flick50 and use code flick50 to get 50% off. That's code flick 50 at factormeals.com slash flick 50 to get 50% off. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. They make this little kid bowl. <laughs> this, this is a mouse. It's, it's Remus, yeah. And they make it a little mouse. They put like little ears and a little licorice tail and a little nose so and cute. eyes. A wee mish. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> um... So, yeah, I don't know. I liked the whole chocolate. Like, oh, maybe he unfortunately, like, is used to dealing with these sorts of things. Mm. It's a theory that, like, isn't outlandish, you know? I like that, like, the fandom has kind of, like, evolved him into, like, having this chocolate obsession. Because it's created a lot of cute, like, fan art that I enjoy. Um, But I think there's something to be said. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about, like, having your thing that you get joy from and when you're having a bad moment gives you a little spark of joy sometimes that's all you need yeah totally um okay we have to touch on wolf star a little bit if we're gonna talk about rima yeah we have to we get to this is a (laughs) (laughs) i As much okay, as much as I love Remus and Lily, I also love Remus and Sirius. Yes, you if do because it's the right choice. If Remus can't be with Lily, it's okay if he's with Sirius instead. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. I still think that Lily is better, but that's fine. You got I do glasses. love me some. I do love me some. Wow, you know, wow, wow. gay characters. So. <laughs> Remus is bisexual. That's all. I, feel I like love him. Serious is. I feel like serious is as well. Serious is bisexual. Serious is like, do you move? We good. Oh yeah. my god, Katie. <laughs> Literally though, that is serious. Serious. Do you move? Do you move? Jeez Louise. <laughs> okay. Do you move and are you of age? Those are the two uh, things. And consenting. And consenting. And consenting. Uh, yes, um. friends. Obviously, all of the things <laughs> need to be checked <laughs> off. We have a list. And human. Thanks, Mia. Requirements. <laughs> Requirements. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That's Jeremy Coke. <laughs> 
<laughs> Whatever, <laughs> Tiffany. Ha ha. Tiffany. Katie owes teeth. Finally, somebody <laughs> besides <laughs> Tiffany is owing someone. Um, okay, so this person is, this is again, a re- somebody on Reddit, and they, again, deleted their name. What the heck? Oh, man. Um, but they Thanks said that they... squared. <laughs> they said that they are on Half-Blood Prince currently, but when they watched the movies, they got a strong vibe of connection between Sirius and Lupin, but never really dwelled on it, much other than having an unfounded suspicion that Lupin was gay. But now they have read the books and they feel like they know much more about the Marauders that we didn't get in the movies, as we know. Um, And when Sirius died, they cried, not for Sirius and not for Harry, but for Remus. I don't. They they said, I don't really know why. I guess I felt their connection better. I know there are a lot of fans out there of Remus slash Sirius, and that's fine. But I'm interested in what the general consensus is on this outside of fan fiction. Um. Is it people reading too much into something that they want to be there? Or is there an actual like romantic connection that like you think? I just think it would work so well. Yeah, it would work very well. It's like Remus. I mean, sorry. Oh, my God. Sirius would make Remus come out of his shell more and be like, dude, understand you're like all calm, cool and confident, but you need to break out of your shell. And I know you're funny and I know you like troublemaking, even if it's a little bit. So like you should let yourself have some fun. And then Remus is able to like real serious and sometimes when he's being a little too extra. I think it's a really good playoff. Plus, they're like both got like that inner dog kind of things. So they got like a connection. Inner like they're a little pack. Dog. Inner dog. Just saying. I want to read you a comment on this thread that I wholly disagree with. <laughs> okay. Oh, here we <laughs> just go. Curious to people's <laughs> thoughts on this because I read one part of it and I almost laughed out loud. Okay. Oh, no. I don't want to be mean though. I, you know, I just, I'm you sorry. Don't. I just disagree with you. <laughs> um, so... This is Stray Sayaki. Maybe. So they say when they both meet in book three, they both have led pretty traumatizing lives until then. All because they mistakenly suspected each other in their youth to their cost. There's guilt, shame, nostalgia of their old friendship. I see the last two years of Sirius's life with two of them catching up and making up for 12 years. That valid. I get that. Mm hmm. Um, I don't see them romantically, although it's a pretty popular ship, so I have an understanding of why people do. I suppose it's the idea of a boy who represses himself and struggles with his dual identity along with a wild boy who crosses every boundary imaginable. But they say that opposites attract, no? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This paragraph oh, here we made go. me laugh a little bit. All right, go, go, go. Personally... I picture Sirius as someone who isn't interested in romantic relationships. What? What? No, I don't get that from him at all. But that's just me. They're like, he has pretty intense friendships. And I think that's all he ever needed emotionally. James may be his platonic true love. What? So I will say that James was like his friend soulmate for sure. Yeah, yeah I think they, I think they all were, except yeah. for Wormtail, because Wormtail sucks. Bye. Yeah, bye. Don't need you. I think they were all platonically very much in love. Yeah. You but love your I friends like hard. that. Like that's yeah. a hard. Like that's. 
I don't know. There's just something different about certain friends. Mm-hmm. I I do have a genuine question for people though, because just reading the books, mm-hmm. I did not ever get any vibes between Sirius and Remus. Now I only got it when I heard the theory, and then I started thinking about it. Yeah, but that's only because I'm me. And I take everything that the author gives me and I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm, y'all, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I'm right. just like, like, what are some people's like moments where they feel it or think it? Because I mean, to me, outside of canon, a thousand percent, I support it. Like, absolutely. I think that, you know, we could take certain things and sure say that this is how it is and like let them obviously have that relationship i just like don't see it in the in canon so okay to go off of that there's not a whole lot that we see on page in canon for remus and tonks i know or we don't see the on page stuff that happened with james and lily although it's there sorry right I know that's a dagger to your heart. Whatever. Um, <laughs> like there's a ton of stuff that we don't get on page, but we're just told. So I think that you read between the lines. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know. Like, how. So I feel like in the whole fan fiction community, like the Marauders have very specific personalities. Marauders are like everything to the fanfiction community. Yes. Mm. And I don't know like how exactly they all got the personalities that they have, but like it all makes sense and like it all just like flows and I'm fine with it even though like the fans I don't created know where it. it came from. I, yeah. I guess that that's kind of like where sometimes I feel confused because yeah. I was so engrossed in the fanfiction community for so long that like occasionally I have a really hard time separating fan fiction writing of a character to actual canon writing of a character Mm. because like I very much went down the rabbit holes of Marauders fan fiction for years so it's like to me see like that's why that's that paragraph about Sirius just made me laugh because in the fan fiction community Dude, Sirius is a player. Like, (laughs) just totally does not fit his personality for me in any way, shape, or form. And, like, is that literally just because of, like, what I've felt because of fan fiction? Or is that, like, a legitimate thing? Read what KDT said in um, the Discord chat. For me, it's the Lupin living at Grimwald. It seemed to me that they were living together and maybe sleeping in the same room, so I just thought they were together. So that it's just like that makes it just like very nonchalant (laughs) makes it very nonchalant. Like, yeah, they're just in a relationship and it just is what it is. (laughs) I like that. I like that, too. I can dig that. I'm down with one person seeing that and going, huh? Hmm." And then boom. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, if it was a heterosexual relationship, that's what it would be. Right. Yeah. So why can't it be that way? You know, I mean, everybody is so used to characters getting this big coming out moment when, like, why does there have to be one anymore? You know, I prefer when there's not a big moment. Totally. That is one of my 
absolute favorite things about Shoots Creek, mm-hmm. right? There mm-hmm. is no coming out moment. There is no like, well, I mean, there is with there right. is, but there's not. Like there is with some characters and then there you also get the not, you know? Like you see both ends of it. And like that is what is so beautiful about that show. Mm-hmm. And that could be what is so beautiful about the serious Remus relationship too. Is it mm-hmm. just is. It just is. And I think that's what's missing in a lot of um media. Media content that we're consuming. It's just like why can't it just be? Yeah. And and it doesn't have to be this whole shebang, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. normalized, I guess is the word that everybody loves to use. Just normalized. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Me too. I understand that it's not canon. It is to um, me. But it is what it is. It's whatever. I uh I like it a lot. Me too. Yeah. Sames. I found maybe the first article. Or I'm sorry, do you want me to continue on? Go. Maybe yeah. the first article I've ever found. Like this is from this was published in 2004 originally. Did you see that? I just saw that now. <laughs> so that <laughs> makes me now? freaking stoked. Um, first, the first article we've ever found with somebody else who thinks Remus and Lily should be together. Shut your it's mouth. It's like in support of. It's not like mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. good story, but I've also explored this story in my head before as well. So this article like I said, is from MuggleNet, and it's called The Last and Lost Marauder, The Many Mysteries of Remus Lupin. So basically, what this article is saying, because obviously it's a long article, it has some questions that I have thought about before, and then just forgot about, and then have thought about, and then have forgot about. So here we are exploring it. So have you ever wondered, so Harry gets like this photo album, right, mm-hmm. from Hagrid, and he sees wedding pictures, his parents' wedding, and he sees Sirius as the best man. Do we ever see a picture of Remus in there? Don't you think that he would say something about that? So I've always been like, hmm, that's mm. weird. They also point out why wasn't he at Harry's christening? Um, the author did say it was like a hurried affair, but it is customary to have close friends and family. And if Sirius was Anyone there, was gonna be there, why not Remus? Right. Crazy. Um, why didn't Lupin make an appearance at Godric's Hollow after the attack? Sirius was there to find Harry. He probably could have used some help. Why? We know why Peter didn't show up, but why didn't Lupin? Um, why did he wait so long to contact Harry? This I understand because he doesn't think he's worthy and like he probably thinks he'd be bothering him and like doesn't know like what line there is and it's probably just a mess in his head that doesn't actually make sense. But anxiety. Wasn't Lupin underground? Not, not, he not probably, like physically underground, but like <laughs> underground, like doing uh werewolf spy kind of deal. First war. Yeah. Wasn't that wasn't that I'm what sure he was doing? He was, he was doing probably why he war. wasn't at Godric's Hollow. Mm. True. True. True, true. You know, you can't just Order like stiff. if you're being a spy, you can't just like bust out like, oh hold on, I gotta go to my real life first. Like yeah. I'll be back. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then they also said, why did Lupin believe that Sirius had been responsible for the Potter's death? But we know this, like they both blamed each other. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah. So this basically boils down to like what 
happened to Remus. So they have this theory that... Oh, they also talk about how, like, Remus really talks up Lily. I don't know. I think that's just the movieism where he's like, oh, she was there for me in a time that no one was. But she, he does talk about their friendship and blah, blah, blah. So it says, according to this person, there are two options. Lily and Remus knew each other before he knew the other marauders, and she was there for him then. This is unlikely, however, because that would be before Remus came to Hogwarts, as Lily was living in a muggle family at the time, and Remus's parents didn't trust his werewolf tendencies. They probably wouldn't have been close friends. So then here's the part where they actually talk about a possibility. And it's sad, though. At some point, this is two, at some point during Hogwarts, Lily and Remus were closer than Remus and the other marauders this leads me to my point i believe that remus lupin and lily evans had some kind of romantic relationship when i talk about harry potter i admit that sirius and james are more exciting and more attractive but i say that if i had to marry a marauder it would be lupin why uh because he's uh, because he's strong smart dependable and kind perhaps lily had the same types of thoughts or perhaps lupin just had an innocent crush on her or maybe they actually dated and then they go on to say like maybe it came to light and that drove James and Remus apart because obviously James has been crushing on her since the dawn of time. And then, and then that's why he wasn't at any of these functions afterwards, (laughs) which is really sad. And that's not how I want the canon to be, but I could like, I guess see that happening. Here's the thing with the whole Remus Lily. You can't tell me that they would not have been the best of friends. They have so much in common. Mm -hmm. They would be in classes together. They would have been prefixed together. They. I think they would have had school in common. Like they would have been like study buddies. For sure. Library study time. Mm -hmm. And I also think that Lily could have been a huge comfort. Mm-hmm. for him in regards to like his furry little problem can i say something controversial for you guys sure always <laughs> always <laughs> <laughs> um the way that you're talking about that i could totally see him developing feels but i could also see her not feeling that way or realizing it just because of the type of person that I think that she was. You know what I mean? She's just that caring, good-natured person that takes care of people. And I feel like... Um, I feel like she could do that to a lot of people and they would fall in love with her. That's just who I feel like she was. I feel like you she's know what I mean? easy to love. Yeah, I feel so, like... She's kind. Just she's easy so kind to fall in and, love with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I also think that she has this bit of a fieriness to her. Same. Um, And I feel like James tapped into that side of her. Um, I don't know, because just because we talk about opposites attract a lot. Um, And I feel like... Marty and I are the same way. He's so cool and level-headed, and I am a freaking firecracker. And it just works. <laughs> um, but I could see everybody falling in love with her. Clearly you did. Megan's like, I'm right. <laughs> well, it's just like as you're saying all of those things, I'm like, but like they are opposites. Like, why wouldn't they attract? 
but like, I feel he is like cool she, and calm. The only thing is, is she is very self-loathing, though. yeah, which is like the one major thing going against him. But like, I also feel like if anybody could help him with that, it would be her. I just feel like she would um, take care of him in like a mother kind of way, mother best friendy kind of way. Maybe not so much romantic, but I also haven't really thought about it a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> other than yeah. what like you guys say. Um, let's be real. If I'm thinking about pairings that are not canon, it's Wolfstar. <laughs> <laughs> I read I, this. I mean, I love I love Wolfstar. I know you do. I read this one cute fanfic that was like almost the opposite of what we're saying, where it was cool because I always kind of like thought of Remus as like kind of a recluse and like sort of prudish because he's, you know, super quiet and everything. But this was like, he was kind of just like a normal teenage boy. Like he didn't let, it wasn't like he was like hiding behind his lycanthropy or anything. Like he was just being, a, I don't know, just a, a standard story. And then like later on in years, he was having a, conversation with Lily and she's like do you have any idea how much I liked you in school like he had no idea Mm. that she had a crush on him at the time I thought that was really cute like they never got together or anything Remus yeah yeah I just thought it was like a cute flip he would absolutely be oblivious to all of that 100% I feel like that when like hit over the head with a hammer (laughs) I I feel like when he could really like (laughs) let go and be and like really be himself he could be fiery you know i feel like he could have fun and be exciting but like yeah. we never get to see that but we also don't get to see them really you know what i mean like we don't have that marauder story to see if he ever really like let go yeah other than when he was forced to let go i think that like part of me like with that at least i just think like you can't be friends with james and Sirius and not be able to let go sometimes like he's a marauder for a reason so like yeah while yes he he is portrayed as this very like reserved person at the same time he he was a marauder and like we have to remember that so like he definitely has a mischievous side it just Mm -hmm isn't necessarily portrayed yeah and that you know i mean obviously that is like where fan fiction comes in right because like you Mm -hmm. can play with the mischievousness that is remus lupin and you can play with like ways that other characters could get him to come out of his shell etc etc and i mean like i was talking about before like i struggle sometimes with the thoughts that are in my head, are they actually canon or are they from fan fiction? And like (laughs) all the time with the Marauders, I really, really struggle with that. Like I was saying, because of like, you know, serious and whatnot, but like, Mm -hmm. I just think that this persona that has been developed through fan fiction of Lily Remus, James and serious, like, I just, man, I want a Marauder story. It makes me want a Marauder story so bad because I think that their characters could just be developed in such a good way. Mm-hmm. And I do think that we could see that Remus does have a fiery side. He is mischievous. Yeah. He would be able to come out of his shell. And and I just think, I just, I just think him and Lily would mesh really well, but obviously <laughs> we know how it ends up. But like, 
in in my mind they both did in my mind this is canon they they both liked each other but lupin was so self-loathing that it would take years to like undo that with lily Mm-hmm. And also because of his friendship with James and how much that means to him, he never would have stepped on no. James's toes. So even if yeah. he did love Lily and Lily loved him, he would never have acted on it because of James. Even if she yeah. approached him and was like, "Yo, yes. dude, I like he you," would he would have been like, "I don't." I even can't. if he did, yeah, yeah. because he, yeah. Couldn't, he couldn't ruin that friendship. Yeah, no. Because his friendship means James. everything. And yeah. he would never crush James. Right. It's already, so weird saying James and not talking about, like, my James. <laughs> <laughs> I already keep a little wolf star thought that makes mm-hmm. sense for me. Yeah. So Remus hates the other side of him, right? The werewolf mm-hmm. side. But Sirius cani- canonically... Loves it. Well, has seen it mm-hmm. and still wants to be around him. Has literally physically seen it happen. He's seen the worst of him and still loves him. Oh, I'm going to cry. Yeah. It worked. I wonder if he became a pooch just so he could hang. Maybe. Like, I know they all became like animals to hang, but like specifically (laughs) another pooch. We talk about how dangerous that is. Well, they're all foolish. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do this really hard magic thing so we can hang out all the time. All the time. That's how much we love each other. Yes. (laughs) Love it. All right. <sighs> wow. That was fun. That's it. That was fun. We have three minutes before Marty yells at me. <laughs> okay, let's see if there were <laughs> any questions. Marty. Marty. I am going to pick two. Okay, friends. Um, let's see. Who is a lucky pair? Cassie asks, do you think if Remus hadn't died during the battle, he would have come back to Hogwarts to teach since that was where he was most accepted? Oh, maybe. That's a lovely idea. For sure. Because the curse would have been broken. So he could have officially come back. Yeah. And And Kingsley was going to be minister. Yeah. Yeah, There was like a lot of werewolf legislation attempted like for the good Mm -hmm. afterwards. So yeah. I'm in. I love that. Um, oh, Marguerite, if Lupin had a favorite chocolate, what would it be? Muggle or wizarding? Mm. I think just a just a standard honeydukes, honeydukes chocolate bar yeah. Yeah. is the equivalent mm-hmm. to like a Mally's chocolate. Mally's bar. Mally's milk chocolate. Yeah, nothing special, oh, yeah. just chocolate. Just Freaking delicious chocolate. I agree. I do love me and Mally's pretzel bar, though. Those are Mally's. Those wait, are Mally's good. wrappers are the same colors as Honeydukes. They sure <gasps> are. <gasps> is it Honeydukes in disguise? I think is it is. Honeydukes? Mally's is Honeydukes. It oh. is pink and green. Oh, no. It is. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. My life has changed. Give oh, me some so connection like now. that to Honey Hut. Dude, the Wizarding World is real. This is this is proof. It's proof. Is Honey and Hut? We're Orion just muggles. <laughs> Darn. Would you call me? Oh, sorry. Sorry. All right, Katie, give me that fan story. 
All right, this fan story comes from Olivia Wagoner. I love that last name. That was a really Wagner. cool last name. From March of 2019, the before. I would like to start out by saying that I absolutely love your podcast and love following along on this reread with you. I'm just starting The Prisoner of Azkaban. Hey. Owl's Caban, you mean? Yeah, Owl's Caban. <laughs> Owl's Caban. And I can't wait to get started with all of you. I would have to say that I attribute my love for Harry Potter to my dad and two older brothers. Growing up, I remember the three of them reading the books and talking about them together. Me being four years younger than my oldest brother, it was never something that sparked my interest. I would pretend that it did, however, so that I wouldn't feel left out. I remember going to Sorcerer's Stone in theaters with my dad and brothers. We were back in our hometown for Thanksgiving break when we saw it. And I remember as soon as we got home, I stole my oldest brother's copy of the book so I could read it at school. I don't remember exactly how long it took me to read the first book, but I do remember that I struggled getting hooked on the book. Mm. It wasn't until my middle brother said that I wouldn't be allowed in the movie theater for Chamber of Secrets if oh I didn't. Oh my read the first god! Two books. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's so such mean. a brother thing to do. It's so terrible. Oh, Siblings, so man. <laughs> oh, if I didn't read the first two books prior to going, that I really kicked it into gear and started reading the series. After that, I was hooked. Oh, once a new book would come out, my entire family would be itching to read it first. What we always ended up doing was reading it at the same time. We just had to make sure to keep everyone's bookmark in the correct place and not hog the book from the others. Of course, one of us kids would end up grabbing the book and locking ourselves in our room, preventing the rest of the family from reading. Harry Potter truly became a constant for my family and helped us bond. When I was a sophomore in college, my dad was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. By the time they mm -hmm. had found it, it had metastasized and ended up moving to his hips, ribs, and lastly, his brain before he passed. After he passed away, I would listen to the audiobooks with a new perspective. The books helped me escape and feel connected to my dad, even though he was now gone. Revisiting the books and movies made me feel at home and think of all the memories I had with my dad in the series. Fast forward to present day, and my love for Harry Potter has not dwindled even slightly. In fact, I feel that it's just grown as I've grown. I now mm. have two boys of my own, and the oldest, who is three, is beginning to start his love for Harry Potter. He loves listening to the Harry Potter audiobooks with me. And requests to watch the movies all the time. When I was pregnant mm -hmm. with my youngest, he was born in January 2019. My husband and I couldn't find a name that seemed to fit right this time around. When going through baby names, my husband would always throw in Harry Potter names as a joke. After a while, though, those names started to seem like they truly fit. And we decided on naming him Frederick George. Aww. I love that. Giving a little nod to the Weasley twins. I'm excited to form a bond with my boys over Harry Potter as my dad had formed with us kids. Mm. Both my husband and I are Hufflepuff. My Patronus in, is in a, an Ibizin? Ibizin? I always get tripped up on it. I can't remember how to say it. My they wand, look like greyhounds. Yeah, they're cute. It's a dog. My wand is made from laurel wood with a unicorn hair core, 10 inches, and quite bendy flexibility. And my Ilvermorny house is Puckwudgie. Olivia... Olivia, I'm so sorry for your loss for your dad. That is truly devastating. And I'm so sorry. But I'm so happy that like Harry, I mean, once again, Harry Potter gets people through. Truly. Yep. Yep. Mm. I love that it like was such a family thing for you. Like my yeah. family would pass around the book, but I like that you like literally passed it around with bookmarks. <laughs> I was all by myself reading these books. I guess I Same. had my friends at school, but like I had nobody to to do that with or to fight with over it. 
I am so stingy too. I wouldn't probably would not have shared. I would not have shared. No, No. I was not very good at sharing. I would have locked myself in the bathroom. For sure. Because I think that was like the only door that locked in the house. (laughs) I would have locked myself in there and just been like, yeah, sorry. See you tomorrow. (laughs) I got the Rhea reads. (laughs) Can't get up. Oh, oh man. Did well, I just thank say you that? so much for your story, <laughs> Olivia? Yeah, thank you so much. I am going to look up a chocolate joke. <laughs> While you look me? that up, I'm going to read our social media. Uh, We're going out of order. Okay. Follow your hosts on social media. Myself and Katie are on Instagram and TikTok at the Petrus family. Tiffany is on Instagram and TikTok at tiffswish underscore flick. Thanks. What kind of cough? Oh my god! What kind of candy is never on time? Chocolate. Oh. What are we doing? Is that it? I'm looking for more. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) What do you call? What do you call lamb covered in chocolate? A candy bar. (laughs) Candy bar. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, shout out to Marguerite Gryffindor. <gasps> Roar! Bingo. Bingo. Deb, Deb, Deb. Always getting that bingo. Here for uh, it. Mine's got to show up, man. <laughs> man I feel like see. our points did not move. Yeah, they really didn't very much this episode. Uh, Ravenclaw That's first, Slytherin second, Hufflepuff third, <laughs> Gryffindor fourth. We've got until the end of June, guys. It's basically tomorrow. No, my birthday hasn't even happened yet. What are you talking about? What? Basically tomorrow. Time flies. I know. Gryffindors are showing up. The ones that are showing up in the chat. I love you guys. Thanks for showing up. Deep June. Deep June. Deep June. Deep June. Um... I have to go, but I think we should say one thing that we are doing. Okay. Tiff, go. Tears of the Kingdom. When this comes out, I will be fully immersed. Uh, I'm not currently doing that because it's not out yet, but I will be. In a few days, though. It's so close. Two days. (gasps) Two days! Oh, that was very loud. I apologize. I am currently so deep in Dreamlight Valley that I had the game up the entire time that we were recording so that I could grow eggplants to sell them. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, eggpl- because I haven't unlocked pumpkins, eggplants are like gold. I Okay. <laughs> I haven't unlocked pumpkins. I don't know what to say to her. Oh, man. Oh, what am I doing? Um, Catherine's going to get a workout in tomorrow. Yeah, now that Tiffany's called. No, it's good. I I need, for me, myself, and I, because I enjoy doing it, I need to get back into lifting because it brings me joy. It makes me feel good. Mm. And while PT also makes me feel good, which I've been doing, I actually had to cut back a little bit because my knee's being a little butt. So... Yeah. I found your yeah. workout. 
Oh, thank you. Tiffany, if you ever need someone to talk you up <laughs> to lift some ish, mm. just shoot her a text. <laughs> I think I think I was a fitness trainer in a previous life. I think you were. <laughs> or like a motivational speaker or something. Yeah. I've been sending her um chair works out. Works out? Works workout. Out. Works out, man. Uh chair workout. So yeah. Love it. I've been feeling really good lately. Speaking of working out, I've Proud been uh, basement gym stories have come back all week. Um, <laughs> awesome. Basement gym stories. I've killed two spiders and yeah, it's been, it's been great. So we're going to get, we're going to get Katie real swole. Swole. Like SpongeBob SquarePants. Ripping that hey. tank top right on off. Oh my God. At least I'm crutching around. I'm still using my arms. I'm very proud of you. You are handling this. I know you feel like you're not, but you're handling this like a freaking champion. Thank you. I have a lot I of would really be great help. Complaining all the time. <laughs> I don't know, Meg. Do I complain all the time? No. <laughs> you don't. And honestly, okay, if you need somebody to take care of you, Megan is the person. Dude, for real. <laughs> honestly. Mm, I gave her leg a little massage today to hopefully help the swelling go down. As prescribed for my PT guy, my, which we joked. My back it. is swelling. You should <laughs> come over. need to be tickled. <laughs> I just want to be touched. Oh, my God. Alana gave me a back rub last night. It was great. She's oh, like, this nice. is for Mother's Day. She keeps going, it's Mother's Day tomorrow? It's Mother's Day tomorrow? I'm like, no, not yet. I can't wait for Mother's Day. She's so cute. All right. I got to go so I don't get yelled at. He won't yell at me. Marty never yells. Oh my God. I can't imagine if he would ever yell. Does Dream Marty yell? No, he just cheats. <laughs> the worst. Oh if I have a Dream God. Marty dream tonight, Katie, you're in I'm trouble. So <laughs> no, he's just the literal worst in dreams. Oh my. And then I wake up like so upset. And he's like, it's not real. And I'm like, but it was for a little bit in my brain. <laughs> but it was. <laughs> oh, God. Dream Marty is a bad man. Thank God <laughs> real Marty is such a great it's person. Like, it's like Peter I don't Pan dream, Shadow. So Katie's always just great. Yeah, mm -hmm. if I ever dream, it's just weird stuff that doesn't make sense. My mom always When I have a fever, bugs. I always dream that I'm being chased by a T-Rex. Literally, ever since I was a child, I've had that dream whenever I have a fever. Isn't that weird? That's terrifying. Or there's one. There, it, it goes <gasps> between two. It's either I'm being chased by a T-Rex or I'm being chased by a snake and I can't get away from it no matter what I do. <laughs> what? So I don't know. This is very specific fever dreams. I think it's interesting that your brain does the same ones. It's those two every time yeah. ever since I was a child. It is the exact same. It's so weird. Oh, my God. That's insane. Can but you like, do me a big favor? Yeah. I need something from you. Okay. I need you to put Dream Marty on your list of undesirables. <laughs> Dream Marty? God, I hate him. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Add him to the list. Put him on there. Awesome. I'll tell you what this episode's for. It ain't Dream Marty. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. What is this? This you know what? This one's for Lupin. And we love Lupin and we want him to love his 
to oh. the happy times. To the happy times. Yeah. They were fleeting, but they were true. They were true happiness. Wholesome. Yes. Okay. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. Soccer dreams don't exist in this household. My career lasted 45 seconds and I'm ready to hang it up. I'm not really proud of you for uh, that length of time, though. It shows <laughs> dedication to the sport. It took me longer to pick out my shoes than it did for me to injure myself. You're hilarious. Literally. <laughs> that was quite the process. And then we just returned them. <laughs> it's your body really being like, no. Oh, yeah. No. no. Hard stop. We run and we lift, Katie. (laughs) That's what you get. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.